the very bottom, it says, this don't no, this domain is not for sale. Please do not inquire about purchasing it. All emails from anonymous or unknown companies asking me a price will be ignored. Sorry. Last right. updated July 2007. <laughs> right. So I emailed this guy and I was like, hey, uh, saw your w- website. Um, like, I think it's awesome that you're not trying to sell this, but I'm curious, like, why aren't you trying to sell this? And he's like, refuses to monetize it, refuses to sell it. I think it's hilarious. What? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. I feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. I put my all in it like no days off on the road. Let's travel, never looking back. Let's talk about business ideas. Um, first of all, let me give you an update. Did you see someone in the Facebook group um, launched a pickleball newsletter because we told them to uh, a few months ago? <laughs> because we told and them to. And <laughs> now, it's now their full-time job. And they traveled the country uh, getting their products into stores and things like that. So it started as a pickleball newsletter. Right. And then they partnered with the Pro Tour of Pickleball, which... I didn't know that was a thing. And then they started selling their own stuff out of a van, their own pickleball equipment, and now they're in retail stores. Good for, uh, what's her name? Tom, give, give him a shout out. Thomas Shields. Good job, Thomas. Thomas um, looks like a young kid. He looks like uh, a younger, better looking version of me. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I can't. Uh, yeah, he, lo- he looks young. He looks real young. So congratulations, Thomas Shield. That's great. I think the CEO or the founder of Pickleball either listens to the pod or he messaged once being like, yeah, I'm down to come on. So we, we can have him on if you ever want to. Um, we can do an episode about kind of like alternative sports, basically, and do some research and have him on as well. Great. And speaking of alternative sports, do you want to talk about chess? Yeah. So I have a follow-up there. I don't know if you have one or, or, or just what I put there. Um, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? So we talked about ch- – the background is we talked about chess.com last episode. I tweeted about it because I was even more People interested People love that it. tweet, dude. That tweet had tons of engagement. Um, it was good. And the the summary of this is that I actually, we underestimated it. So chess.com gets around 200 million monthly uniques. They have 60 million registered users. They uh, Traffic has grown significantly. If I had to guess, they do at least 100 million in recurring revenue, subscription revenue. Uh, potentially is worth a billion dollars. Super fascinating company. Um, Go right. ahead. What were you going to say So we about were it? trying to hype it and we actually were under hyping, even, even though we were trying to hype it. Um, and by the way, the guy who started is like an ex-Stanford guy or the guy who owns it uh, you know, is two, I think, Stanford guys, uh, which is cool. Like, you know, they didn't go the same track probably as 95% of their classmates and they're going to outperform 99% of them just by, by doing something really simple that the world wanted. So I started thinking about this because we talked about it. You brought it up. Cool topic. Cool bit. Really cool business. It really fits the what we call the New Zealand type of business that Andrew Wilkinson kind of coined that, that phrase, which is, it's this independent thing. It has like a cult following. It's profitable. It's simple. It's not, nobody competes with it. It's like New Zealand. Nobody's going to war with, with chess.com. Uh, you know, the biggest competitor, I think it's called Lie Chess or something like that. It's basically like an open source free, you know, like kind of like alternative. And it's also doing extremely well. And those are like the two. Uh, but it seems like people kind of prefer chess.com. So I started thinking, okay. What's the next chess.com? What are the others? Is, is there a whole slew of these guys? Because I think that's where we didn't talk about last time that we should have. And so I wanted to double click in a little bit. So I started. Now, and and, and that was, that's a really, really hard question. I've been right. thinking about it too. I only came up with like dominoes. I looked into solitaire websites. Right. They, a lot of them crush. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that's a hard question to ask. So I, I only spent 10, 15 minutes on it, but that was enough to tell me something very interesting. So the first one that came to mind was, because here's the characteristics that you need. You need a game played by tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of people that is not owned by a brand. Chess works. 
Checkers also works, but the problem with checkers is it's so simple that it's not as like uh, there's not as much depth to it. Therefore, not as much of a like kind of like uh, money to be made and passion around the, the sport. Uh, Sudoku was the second one that came to mind. So I went to Sudoku.com and Sudoku.com. It's just like chess.com. It's like you you go to Sudoku.com and there's already a Sudoku board waiting for you with the clock going. And it's like, oh, play. Here it is. You don't need to download. You don't need to sign up. You don't need to do anything. Just play Sudoku. I love that. Then they, you scroll down a little bit and you see like this advertisement for like a mobile app, a mobile Sudoku app. So I click that. I'm like, I bet this app, I bet this is an amazing distribution for this app. App crushes. So this company called Easy Brain behind it. So the Sudoku app that they have has 50 million downloads the, uh, on just Google Play. <laughs> Forget about iPhone. That's just Google. That's just Android. Um, it's probably 100 million total lifetime downloads. The website itself gets, you know, 10 to 20 million visitors a month. Uh, so they're getting free, tra- like basically free traffic to their mobile apps where they're able to monetize. And EasyBrain basically makes, they're like a mobile app developer that makes these apps. They've had over 750 million downloads lifetime of these little simple number game apps, starting with Sudoku, then like a remix of Sudoku, then like another number game if you like that one. And they just cross promote them within each other. I bet this company is crushing it. They're based in Europe, have- it looks like. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. I have information on on, on yeah. them. I just found some interesting stuff. When I Googled them and went to the website, there was something amazing about them that immediately stuck out. And, and, and just this quick Google, it, I'm wrong, but it is based in Cyprus. Anytime a company is based in <laughs> Cyprus, it, it's like, it out, turns out these guys actually are... Uh, from like the Belarus. They're actually from this area, but they're based in Cyprus. So I just Googled it real quick. So uh, do you know that it was, they were acquired um, three months ago? No, I did not know this. So that's the the piece. I have their revenues. I have their profit and I have the, uh, all their user numbers and I have, can uh, I guess? And I'm I'm, going to be totally wrong, but I I like to guess, by the way, little tip. Always guess before you hear any number. That's how you get good at knowing numbers because you guess and then when you're wrong, your brain remembers that shit and you, you start to hone that gun instinct. Okay, so here's, here's my guess. I'm gonna okay, guess, well, uh, how much were they? What was, what's their revenue? I'm going to guess that their revenue was $400 million a year. Okay, what's their um, profit? $90 million a year. Pretty good. Um, all right, how much were they acquired for? I'm going to guess that they were acquired for $852 million. Okay. And how many, um, how many daily active users do they have across their 15 games? I'm going to say they have 25 million DAU. Okay. So you, did didn't do? Do, you didn't do horrible. Okay. So Easy Brain was acquired uh, last, this most recent February. Uh, they were uh, acquired for $640 million in stock and up to $125 million of additional consideration if they hit it. So $640. Dude, it, yeah, what is that? That not that exactly 850 
no, what's six? Uh, what six forty plus a hundred is seven forty plus twenty five is seven sixty five. Seven sixty five. So you, great job, you guessed eight fifty. <laughs> great job, you're almost there. Um, they their revenue is uh in two thousand twenty revenues were two hundred and ten million dollars. Okay, so, so you were off there by half. You guessed four hundred million, but their profit was seventy million. You guessed ninety. Right, pretty good. Um, they've had 750 installs over the course of their the lifetime of all their all their things, all their uh, games. They have uh, 15 live games with 12 million daily active users. You guessed 25, 25. million. Okay, not right. bad, not bad. Um, what a company! So okay, so that was the first one I thought of. And by the way, I think that there's other versions of that. Like you know, I don't know. Go look at like you know SudokuOnline.com. I don't know. What's that? Like, you know, like all the things people are going to Google search, if you can get the top level domain for those, that's really interesting. Um, so then I started looking at some others. Poker.com. So I went to poker.com and poker.com is like kind of like this crappy, like just describe what you're looking at when you go to it. Let me look at this. But you can't, this is an actual poker, right? This uh, You're not betting? It's not even a, you can't play there. It's just like, reviews here's a, it's like an affiliate site so it's like oh here's a place to play poker here's where you can go because they get big kickbacks for basically sending a, a player to poker stars or wherever if they deposit and so this, this is horrible horrible what is website um crappy kind of like affiliate and reviews site dude you could do so much more with this website like if somebody was like dude i'm gonna i have a if you have a mobile poker app that's like good i would pay like ungodly amounts of money for poker.com i think that that's a and they also if you like do their traffic search see what they get it's nothing so they should be getting a lot more traffic having poker.com um okay so then there's some other ones crosswordpuzzle.com crossword.com the go to those like they don't even like crossword.com or something doesn't even like render it's like a there's like five asterisks on the screen yeah like what's going on here because crossword is the other game that's like sudoku it's like chess that people played religiously and they love we talked about how how much the new york times makes off their mini crossword game and i, I think the believe. guest the number was uh 90 million dollars in subscription revenue from crossword puzzles for the new york times right. so so i am surprised at crossword puzzle crosswordpuzzles.com crossword.com i can't believe that these sites are not being like leveraged so i was very surprised to see this and uh yeah that so was my look at this. follow up from this so you go to crosswordpuzzle.com it says, please email suggestions to dkw999 at yahoo.com. Right. So I, um, I emailed the guy. So, 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 so you see this, the website is basically like a white page with a bunch of text. And it's basically just the very bottom things. The very bottom, it says, this don't no, this domain is not for sale. Please do not inquire about purchasing it. All emails from anonymous or unknown companies asking me a price will be ignored. Sorry. Last right. updated July 2007. Second. Right. So I emailed this guy and I was like, Hey, uh, saw your website. Um, like, I think it's awesome that you're not trying to sell this, but I'm curious, like, why aren't you trying to sell this? And, uh, what's your, you know, what do you want this to be? Why do you believe, like, why do you believe that it should be done this way? I, you know, I'm just super curious, like, what's your thought process? So we'll see if he replies. There's another website that's like this. And Bray, you see if you could find the name of this. I, I don't recall off the top of head, but Sam, you might know this. There is a website that's like, it's like a misspelling of google.com or gmail.com. I think it might be gmail.com or something like that. And it's the same thing. It's an all white web page that's like, yeah, Frank and Susan, you know, we were married in 1977 and like, blah, blah. blah. Uh, no, if we're not going to put ads on the site, no, we did not. We owned this before Gmail came out. It's like 
they basically just have this webpage that gets like, and they have a counter of how much traffic they get. Uh, and they just show that they're getting like hundreds of thousands of hits a day. And like, he's like, refuses to monetize it, refuses to sell it. I think it's hilarious. What? What is this? What, uh, Bray, did you find it? Bray, try to find it. I'll find it after the pod. Otherwise, I, I have this in my like things to tweet about, uh, you know, folder. That's actually such a funny idea. Uh, so like if, if we just looked at the most visited website and find out what the typos are for each one, and go and look at what those are. So like, right. if you go to goggle.com, so G-O-G-L-E, Google owns it. So it right. redirects to Mo- Google. Most of the time, the, the company owns like their plurals and their misspells, but sometimes they don't. And then so- <laughs> those are hilarious. Oh my gosh. I just, uh, I was looking at Bing. I changed it to Bang. Don't go there. <laughs> Found something else. <laughs> yeah, don't go there. Um, what else is there? That's like a, what, what's a, like, a, like a YouTube spelled wrong? Like, like you can do like Facebook, uh, but you could do like, I don't know, like you, you lose the A or something like that. I don't know. See what, see what that is. God, that's so interesting. Um, that that's actually an interesting thing. Facebook owns Facebook with one O. Pretty interesting. That's actually an interesting thing. I'm gonna research that after this. Of uh, I'm way, gonna. I, I don't know if you know the guy who owns Bitcoin.com. So this is a guy Roger Van Der or whatever. I don't know what his name is, but he's like kind of hated in the Bitcoin community by like eighty percent of the people because he tried to create his own fork of Bitcoin. So they forked Bitcoin. I think it's Bitcoin Cash or Bitcoin Satoshi's Vision BSV. I forgot which one he's associated with. I think it's Bitcoin Cash. But basically, he created, his, you know, they forked Bitcoin and they have their own. But this guy owns Bitcoin.com. And, uh, and so he's like a billionaire guy from Bitcoin and like he refuses to give up Bitcoin.com. But it's like, it's like points to the other version of the not popular version of Bitcoin. You know, it's like the... The, the fifth Jonas brother who's not in the band or whatever, you know, it's, it's basically like oh, it's, it's, it's kind of a waste and but nobody can sue him because it's, there's no company behind Bitcoin and nobody owns the trademark. Oh, uh, that's a pain in the ass. I hate <laughs> that. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. Um, Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing, If you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about, um, well, which one do you want to go through? We have a bunch on the agenda here. Um, Okay. Does this interest you? Well, first of all, I want to tell you about a company I just invested in. um, And I want you to criticize it or tell me if it's awesome. Okay. Oh, you actually read it. Okay. So... I'm doing, we just did a podcast a second ago and Sean talked about angel investing. I've been doing a little bit of angel investing now. And my whole thing is I'm doing this thing called a syndicate. I almost did a rolling fund like you, but I didn't really want like a full-time job. So I was like, I'll just do this. So it's deal by deal or not a full-time job, but whatever it is for you. Right. Um, And my premise is this, and you confirmed it a little bit by your reaction. What I'm trying to do is find interesting deals that other angel investors who I think are smarter than me or other like firms who are smarter than me are also investing in. But I try to find them where they're explaining the company really poorly. And I'm spending time with the founder listening to them. And then I'm rewriting a memo about the company and I'm sending it to people to invest in. And it's kind of working. So I sent you one deck and it was really bad. It was confusing. Um, and then I just rewrote it and you're like, oh, I want to invest in this company maybe. Yeah. Um, and it worked. And 
I was kind of gushing. I was like, dude, did they write this memo? Like, who wrote this memo? I was like, this is the best investment memo I've ever written. You were like, dude, shut up. I, I just wrote this in 20 minutes. I was like, no, no, no. Trust me. I read a lot of these things. And I was like, I, it's all the memo was so good that I had to separate the writing, which was really entertaining and persuasive and likable from the business. Cause I was like, dude, I don't want to just like convince myself this is a good business. I want it to be a good business. I, you know, like, I love pitches where the founder can just barely explain what the hell they're doing. But then I'm like, oh, that makes total sense. And I'm like, yes, that's like, you, you get it. You're not like a salesman. So I'm not like going to invest in this like hand wavy shit. It's like, no, it's real and it's working. And you're explaining it in kind of this nonchalant way, but it's actually super legit. You just don't like get really excited and animated and you don't have great words to describe it yet. Uh, and actually, I can help you with that. It sounds like you're thinking about the same thing. Um, I'm actually thinking I'm going to simplify my thing, which is like just helping them with their landing page and their communication, because almost every company I invest in, their landing page kind of sucks. And landing pages are right. really hard to make good, but um, they need a lot of help. And it's like something that not every other investor is offering to do for them. And they actually are not that good at doing it. And so uh, anyways, as I got off topic, but your memo was really great. I actually want to like publish it in some way without like, I don't know what you can do, but like, I feel like that should be public. Uh, I want to well, point to you, that and be like, this is great writing. Here's why. You can go to, uh, you can, if you like, go to Angelus Hampton VC and you can right. invest if you wanted to, or you could even just say you're going to invest and then like look at it. Um, and then once it's done, I'll pu- you can publish it or I'll publish it. But they, uh, this company, it's lobby.com, L O B B I E.com. Uh, th- it's so funny because he actually did something really good. Basically, and this kind of sounds like simple and negative, but it's 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 a cool company. I've, I've invested in it. They, it's basically software that helps doctors uh, schedule appointments or patients schedule appointments with doctors in a, in a in just a good way. And it's kind of like an archaic space. But he was like, "We're making the lobby digital," and like, and I that's so much better than creating than say we are creating software that's just a crm for doctors. a doctor's <laughs> office and i'm like they're like no we're making the lobby room the lobby digital we're going to save people so much time and so basically the software what it does is it, it, you can you can schedule an appointment online and they'll alert you if the doctor's running late and when you get in the parking lot you can tell them so you just wait in your car and they'll tell you when to come in yada 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 um i mean it's like the interesting thing about it is the guy has already started and sold the company in the space and uh it's at worst going to be okay at best might be big right um Anyway, I just thought it was so interesting how it was digitizing the lobby or the waiting room of healthcare. And I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's so cool how they repositioned that to make something that isn't that cool sound, <laughs> sound kind of cool. neat. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that that's that's a skill. That's like a superpower in and of itself. Uh, I don't have a ton of thoughts on the business itself, so I don't have too much to add there. But I agree with you. Basically, the most interesting part of t- talking about lobby was your memo was so damn good, and I think we should uh, show it to people so that they can see how do you expl- how do you make a business seem really juicy to be a part of uh, to invest in? Because I think you did a good job of that. Well, that's what and that's what we're gonna do. So wh- I'm doing it with Joe, and I'll, well, you and I will probably do a bunch together. I hope where I'll invest in yours and you mine. And the whole thing is I'm not trying to sell people. I'm not trying to convince people to do it. Um, you either want to do it or you don't. Like I'm not gonna try and convince you to do it. Because that's I, that's kind of unethical, but I just want to paint the business in the most positive light, or at least what I believe it to be accurate. Like right. an accurate, it, it is cool, and I want to make sure you know it's cool. And I think that this whole copywriting thing for angel investing might end up being a a hit. 
yeah, I, I think it'll be it'll be easy for you to to get people into your round because people like you and the memos are good. So I think I think those will be those will be good. I have a company I wanted to tell you about. That's a cool company um, that I think you're going to have a good opinion on. So, uh, have you seen what Keith Raboy is doing as his new startup? No. So you know who he is? Yeah. So he's the guy who uh, uh, he was like ex PayPal. Then he was the CEO of Square. He's kind of a known investor at Founders Fund. And then he started. He's overdoing. a known asshole. Like he's, people yeah, think to- that he's a- total asshole on Twitter. Super hilarious yeah. to follow because he's a just absolute jerk to people. Um, you know his like number one tweet is just like wrong. The period, and he won't tell you why. He won't argue back. He just calls you an idiot. And then if you like try to argue, he's like. This is why I'm. I was more successful at the age of 27 than you are at 40, and he just like rips people like that. And like, who does that? That's no, nobody does that. So I think that's just like really crazy and entertaining to me. Um, but anyways, he's doing. It, so he did Open Door, and what Open Door is is now is like a publicly listed company because it did a SPAC, and Open Door is a multi billion dollar company. And basically, it was like selling your house is a time consuming and stressful process. What if like the day you want to sell, you could just sell your house right away? Give you a price, you say yes or no. And uh, that's what Open Door did. So they basically would just buy your house and then they had a lot of data to know how much to buy your house for. And then they were the brokers. They could keep the broker fee for themselves, buying and selling. And then they would sell it within like 90 days, hopefully. And they do this in a whole bunch of markets like Arizona and stuff like that. And so they've done very well, you know, kind of like on paper and like Zillow now, like does the same thing to try to compete with them. They kind of changed the way that the, the business model of these big real estate companies worked, where now like the money to be made is in basically like auto buying your auto buying your house and then reselling it for you and using a bunch of technology to do that. Anyways, his new company he's starting uh, with with Jack, Jack Abraham is uh, called Open Store. And so you have Open Door and now you have Open Store. I no, They haven't released a bunch of details, but I think I know what it is, which is it is open door for buying businesses. So it's the same idea for buying. I think it's going to be specialized in online businesses, but maybe not. Um, where basically you just say, here's my business. And then they say, here's your offer. We'll buy it off you. And, um, and so I don't know if this is going to be specialized like e-commerce roll-ups, like a Thrasio. Um, I don't know if it's going to be o- online and offline. Like, uh, Where did you like- learn about this? And what, what can I go? Is there a website yet? Uh, they announced it. So I heard about it a few weeks ago, like six weeks ago, maybe. And I was like, oh, that's super interesting. How did you hear about this? So somebody told me about it because their friend interviewed at the company. And so that's like the only way you could know about it. Cause like when you interview, they like kind of tell you the premise of the company. And that guy was like, oh, dude, you know, Keith Raboy's doing a new thing. It's basically open door for buying businesses. And I was like, oh, that's sick. Uh, that's a great idea because buying, selling your business is, also, just like is even more than buying a home in terms of time consuming, stressful, uncertain on what price you're going to get, uncertain what price it even should be. And, um, and the marketplaces to do that online, like buy biz, buy biz sell or whatever that website is, like dot com. Buy biz sell. They're yeah. so like old school, you know, like on how they do that. And so, um, so I think there's like room for improvement there. So Man. I found that to be really interesting. Let me bring this up real quick, which is it's so crazy how often internet marketers who often are accused of being sleazy and many of them are i mean they're they're accused of being that because they are but they're often ahead of the game so for example email marketing email newsletters are all the rage right now uh scammy guys like 
I don't think this guy's actually scamming me, but David D'Angelo, he used to sell yep. dating books in the 1990s by having these long emails. I just stole and copied from him. Um, the other thing is paid memberships. Paid memberships have been a thing for decades. Now, guys like Greg, your friend, our friend Greg, is doing a paid community thing, and Greg's like a cool guy. Um, and so it's like, it's, it's like cool to do it. Um, and there's so many more. And this is another one. Buying and selling businesses online has been a thing that internet marketers... So for example, Flippa, where you can buy affiliate websites. Yep. That's been a thing for years. Empire yep. Flippers is another Empire one. Empire Builders, it, yeah. Empire Builders. And if you go... Is Empire Flippers or Empire Builders? I think those are actually two, two separate both. things. Yeah. <laughs> but they But if you go to those websites, you're going to... A lot of people are going to be immediately turned off. You're yep. going to think, what the fuck is this? And... Fucking startup guys like us, we just come in. I guess that's what we are. We just come in and we take this stuff that these guys have been doing for years lipstick. and we just say, put some lipstick oh, on it. Yeah. 1.2.0, <laughs> make it a flat, beautiful color. Uh, it's so funny because, yeah. like, cool, this sounds neat, but this isn't unique. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think, you know, there's no unique ideas, really. There's, you know, remixes of ideas, there's old ideas that you make new, there's new platforms. But, but I think it's cool and I think it could be big. Uh, it's one I'm going to keep my eye on. Then I saw another business like this. So I started to put together a little bit of a pattern here. And I said, oh, what is open door for X? So what other parts of life and, and, uh, and, and the world could use instant liquidity? Because that's what this is. It's basically taking something that was kind of illiquid, like your house. And it takes a lot of time to get liquid where you actually sell the thing. And takes a lot of, you know, you got to like, you got to move out. You got to stage it. You got to repaint it. You got to get a broker. You got to list it. You got to do tours. No, instant liquidity. We buy your house today. Don't do any of that shit. Um, same thing with your buying your business. What else needs that? And then I saw another one. And this business is called, um, I'm going to grab the name, but it's basically doing this for used electronics. It's called Backflip. Just got funded. And Backflip is basically saying, we'll instantly buy any of your used electronics. And because uh, well, that's a, not a new thing either. And, and I think it's awesome. And so it's not that it's new. It's basically that there is a big swing being taken by people who are going to try to do this at scale using like the modern kind of internet marketing models to do it. And so like, you know, like we buy gold or whatever. What else does billboards? Gift cards. You know, like gift cards. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, and there's like a gift card. There's actually a gift card startup that's crushes uh, that, that basically took the old model and just does it new. What's raise, it called? Raise, I think. Raise. Is yeah, I'm at, I'm on their website right now. I'm looking at raise.com. Holy shit! I can look at the traffic and just tell you these guys are printing money. Yeah, raise is going to be like a, a billion dollar plus win, uh, and nobody even like hears about this company. Nobody talks about this company. But you know, super simple business of like, you know, gift card, the gift card business, Re resale of uh, gift cards essentially. And so, uh, so anyways, I'm interested in this open door for X, which is basically instant liquidity for things that were pretty illiquid That's interesting. before. All right, let's play off that. So houses, okay. There's Equity Zen, which I think is badass. Uh, so Equity Zen also, lets you. Equity Zen kind of looks more like Flippa than it does like Open Door. Meaning, like it's kind of hard to get in. It's kind of obtuse. You got to like sign up to see shit. Not everything is there. It's like a ten step process to do an investment. It's like Equity Zen is not like it's not Robinhood on my phone where I could just like do my thing and so like secondary shares yeah it's like a shitty name like i don't know like it's just bad all around and forge global was the other one it's like also bad i don't know i feel like somebody should do this better carta is trying to carta x is trying to do this better um right now which is like secondary shares of, of private companies yeah i'm not a fan of carta but um 
I could see them doing well, but I'm not a I'm not a fan of Carta, so I don't know if I want them to be the best at this. Um, Angelus is also I, trying to do it. You know, there's a bunch of people trying to do the second, trying to do Open Door, trying to do what they're trying to do is a little bit different. They're just still trying to do the marketplace. What Open Door did was different. It wasn't like Open Door wasn't just another housing marketplace. It was I will buy the thing off you right now because I know what I can sell it for, um, and I'll, I'll I'm comfortable with this five percent spread that I will I will keep. So you give up five percent of your upside. But you get the certainty of it being done now, and, um, so, and I'm comfortable in that five percent spread. So somebody would need to do this for secondary shares, where they just go, "You want to sell your 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 company stock? Done." And then I will figure out how to re- flip this thing on the other side with my own spread. So there's a few people that have done this with furniture, and furniture is really hard because furniture doesn't ship well. Yeah. Um. But there is, if you, I don't, I don't know if you know, I mean, I buy, I like buying used furniture because you can get like. $10,000 couches for like three grand. Um, and oftentimes they're really nice. Used furniture is not really a thing on the internet, uh, or at least it's not hugely popular, but you could, I think there is still an inter- interesting way you can do this with used furniture. Right. Um, so I think trading is cards is one. So I know a lot of people that have sports cards. They collected as a kid. It's in their attic somewhere. It's in a box. They kind of heard, Oh, cards are worth something, but they don't like, they don't know what they have. They don't know what it's worth. They don't have them graded. They didn't send them into PSA and pay the money to get them graded. So I think if somebody basically did the shoebox model where you basically say, put it all in a shoebox and mail it to us and we'll pay you for it. Uh, we're, we'll do all the work of figuring out what it's worth and then we'll pay you, you know, 70 cents on the dollar for, for what it's worth. And like today you're getting nothing for it. And like that, that's the, and if, if you don't like our offer, we'll send it back. And I think that if somebody do that, they could just hoover up all the long tail of like trading cards that are out there um, that people are not doing anything with that they want to monetize. That's interesting. Okay, so uh, we've 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 furniture is not that good. Trading cards are pretty interesting because it's a lot easier. Cars, everyone, a lot of people do cars. Carvana does cars, and I think that that is so sick. They're a multi-billion-dollar. Is that the same company. model they, they use where they'll just instantly buy your car off you? Yeah, like they'll buy it in a matter of minutes, which yeah. if you told me this like years ago, I'd be like, no way, that, that can't be done. But they made uh, $5.6 billion last year in sales, so it <laughs> right. works. Okay, so it's working. Open door for cars is working, yeah. Yeah, it totally works. Um, what else is interesting? What's a huge thing? Like, what's What are some of the bigger assets that you possibly have in your life that you want to... Wow, Carvana's market cap is $45 billion. Holy shit. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. Um, what else is there? I don't know. There's going to be some obscure shit like, oh, like life insurance policy payouts or something or like, you know, like something like that, that I'm like, oh, I, I don't even know that space, but that makes sense. It takes, you know, it's something that you get or like social security. Like I know like my parents are getting to the age where they can collect social security. Like would they take a lump sum of all their social security now, and, you know, at, at 70 cents or 72 cents on the dollar. And then, you know, this company just collects the, the payments over time. Like, Probably. I don't know. Like, there's a lot of people who would make that trade. Dude, did you know this? So there's this, uh, a company. I have to go and look at what it is, but you guys can probably Google it, actually. But I think some banks do it. Like, Goldman will do it. But if you have a winning lottery ticket, they'll buy it off you. Right. And they'll give you the money up front. And it's structured in such a way where they're, they're still able to make their profit. But they'll buy lottery tickets from you. Like, we're talking like $10 million lottery tickets or, right. or seven-figure... Uh, I, uh, it's kind of interesting. People buy winning lottery tickets off of people. That's actually kind of an interesting one. Um, I would actually need to do some research. How many people do you, how much money do you think is won in the lottery per year? Oh, dude, I have no idea. I mean, I feel like the weekly lottery, the Powerball every week is like, 
you know, between 50 and like $200 million. It's like, it's like that's, that's like on a weekly basis that it's, now it doesn't get one every week. That's how it accrues and that's how it gets bigger. But like, you know, I don't know. You, do you have the number in front of you? I feel like it's going to be I'm looking like, at it. So, I don't know. No, I, I uh, no, I, I can't find it. There, there's 1,600 lotteries created each year. So there's at least 1,600 unique winners. Um, no, I don't. I don't have the numbers. But lottery tickets is, might actually be kind of interesting. Because you said the life insurance. I'm like, what do you wait to get paid for that you would take a discounted right. upfront payment? Lotteries is, kind, is actually kind of interesting. Um, and I do know that some banks actually do that. Right. Uh, you know who yeah. else does that? Is Whitey Bulger. You remember Whitey Bulger? I've never even heard that those words in my life. Do you, do you know the movie The Departed? Yes. You know Jack Nicholas's character? Okay, yes. It's modeled after Whitey Bulger. He was a gangster in uh, Boston. He was an Italian or an Irish mafia guy, he, uh, or a mobster guy. He ended up going to jail recently. They found him, and they um, um, he got beaten to death in jail. So it was like a... A crazy ending to the story of him. He was, he was America's most wanted man for like 20 years. And um, anyway, he, as part of his story, he won the lottery three times. And the way that he did it is people who had won the lottery the, in the neighborhood, they would have to go to him and he would buy it from you and he right. would go and cash the ticket. And uh, so this is like a famous, like the numbers game, they call it. That's like a famous mafia thing. Wow. Okay. I had no idea. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe if people have good ideas on what, what part of life could use instant liquidity? Uh, I'm curious to see to see what that that would be. Um, okay, so a couple other things I wanted to bring up. One is a pain point or kind of a business opportunity. Maybe this exists. If it exists, tell me because I want to use this service. So in e-commerce, most e-commerce brands are just local in their own geography. So most are, let's say, most U.S. e-commerce brands basically just sell in the U.S., and then it takes time, and then you start selling in Canada, and then you start selling in Europe, and then you, you know, but it takes a long time. And the reason it takes a long time is because of the like international logistics. So, for example, you want to ship something to Canada, they have to pay like a pretty heavy duty, like a, a import duty on the product. So, you sell like a $50 product, they're gonna have to pay like $20 of import t- uh, taxes in addition to the shipping. So, it just becomes like irresponsible to buy. Uh, and still some customers do because they can only get the product from the US-based company, but it really sucks. And then the company has to like fill out this form that says that these goods are worth $14 and then you submit that at the thing and then it's just annoying, right? And so I think there should be a company. So there's a, these brands trying to do these e-commerce roll-ups. I think you should do it differently. I think some enterprising entrepreneur can basically say, look, I will boot up your Canadian operation today. I'll boot up your... UK operation, your France operation, I'll do Europe, I'll do UK, I'll do um, Australia, whatever, right? So basically say, I'll import your brand today. You do no work. So all you have to do is you need to ship me this product to this warehouse. So here's the address, ship me your products. Uh, I need like, you know, whatever your normal inventory is, ship 10% to me and let's see how I do. And basically you get one giant warehouse where you're warehousing for all the brands that you're going to work with. And you just say, look, uh, in exchange for doing this, you pay me no money. I will start generating sales for you, but I want a royalty. I want a royalty of ten cents or fifteen cents for every dollar. But that what's gets your made. point? What like how's this? How's this interesting or new? Uh, because I don't know of a brand that that does this that exists. So you know, my wife has an e-commerce brand. We sell in the U.S. I would love to be making more money by selling in Europe, but the time, the yeah. operational overhead to go to Europe right now is just crazy. So why aren't there more people that are reaching out to e-commerce store owners? 
and basically saying, I will run your international operation and make it a low risk to no risk proposition for them in order to do so. And I think there's a lot of money to be made given the number of e-commerce brands in the US and how you could, if you're in Brazil or you're in Australia or you're in Canada or wherever, I think you could become the leading trusted, like kind of like, we're, we are your Canada, go to Canada, go to market plan for Canada. And we just do so, all the work for you. This is actually quite common in media. So there's Business Insider India, there's Business Insider Australia, there's Business Insider Germany, I believe. Um, and then uh, uh, I think I believe the Wall Street Journal does the same thing for those same countries. But it's it, uh, there is BuzzFeed France, uh, HuffPo France, HuffPo Australia. It's actually pretty common in media. Um, and but who I, runs look, those? So so d- is it run out of the U.S. or they? hire a team there or it's a local team there that just licenses the brand basically when they report the revenue it's under licensing and so i don't exactly know what that means though because i was trying i was thinking about us and i was like man we have a lot of people who are uh english as a second language folks uh in germany so like uh, i guess germany i guess is one of the most populous uh, i don't i don't know the numbers i guess is one of the most populous places in europe it's a uh, very business focused so you know the germans liked us um, same with Australia. Australians loved us. And I was like, oh, yeah, let's go do it. But what the fuck do I do? Do I just fly over there and just start recruiting? Right. Like, it's it's crazy. It's I would love lift. to partner with someone. Yeah. And then another thing is, in particular, China and Japan. And there's actually a whole word for this. There's a word. I can't remember what the word is. But there's a word that describes why it's difficult to break into Japan. Um, and the reason is, is that the, once uh, it's hard to break into an island, in particular, Japan. And I would love to have paid someone to be like, hey, can you be my Japanese uh, yeah. consigliere, like my, my capo on the ground? I'm, that's, those are all mob terms because I'm, I'm into the mafia now. Uh, <laughs> can you be my, my guy on the street of Japan and let me know, is this good? Am I getting the right people? I think that's incredibly interesting. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that this doesn't exist. I'm saying there's still a lot of room there because... I know a lot of people, I have a lot of friends who are doing e-commerce, right? We, we host Club LTV. There's you know 75 to 100 e-commerce brands, each doing over a million dollars a year in there. And every single one of them, I think, has the same problem, which is that we're all US focused. And why are we US focused? Because it would be too it's much of know. a lift, too much yeah. of a lift to go figure out how to do Australia. It's too small of a pie to like do manpower on or spend brain power on. But if somebody in Australia was like, hey, look, this is what we do. This is our business model. We help you get sales here. And we just take our cut. And, uh, and so I just think that like there needs, there's, there's more opportunity for this. And that's cool that in media, it sounds like there's also an opportunity to do it in media too, or it's yeah. being done in some way by the big players. It's it being done in some way. But like, I remember when BuzzFeed, uh, like we're going through some troubles, they had a layoff, like their whole French office. And I was like, right. BuzzFeed has a French office? What the fuck? Well, th- so, that's the opposite, right? That's, we have a French office and then you have to do things like that when it's like not working out. I'm saying no investment no consulting fees. You just take a royalty on sales. And these are all incremental sales that I wasn't getting otherwise. And you take care of the whole operational headache, in this case for e-commerce, about like, I just ship your goods to your warehouse. You ship it to local customers. Customers don't have to overpay. Customers don't have to do import duties uh, for every order they make. And so I just think that there's an pr- uh, opportunity in e-commerce to like be the, the go-to brand for every D2C brand to partner with in each of these locales. What country would you go to next? Um, I think Europe is probably the best because you want um, the you know the next wealthiest, high populous place. Um, 
but really it can work anywhere. It's just like the biggest market is doing it, you know, throughout Europe. Now Europe and, is made up of so many countries. Maybe that's a pain in the ass. If not, like Canada is the no brainer. Australia next. Japan is a good one. Um, those would be the ones. India, maybe like, for example, I know a bunch of people in India who did this. So uh, my dad introduced me to these guys and I was like, oh, wow, why is these guys, how, their house is humongous. How, you know, what do they do? It's like, oh yeah, they um, they partnered with Jockey Underwear, and they just became the Jockey like seller here. They have exclusive rights to sell Jockey in India. Next guy at the dinner table, what do you do? Oh, we're the Domino's guys in India. What? Yeah, we're the exclusive franchisee of Domino's for India. Um, okay, what does that mean? Well, we have like Indians didn't really eat pizza before this, so we're like teaching people to eat pizza. They fucking love it. Turns out, uh, and so <laughs> we have like you know nine thousand Domino's throughout India now. I'm like, oh my god, what is going on here? Uh, so like you know local what? franchisee, but for for what's this for called? What's the term out? What's the term for this? I don't know. I, you know, maybe I should have gone to business school. I think it's probably just called like in brick and mortar. I think it's just called franchising. Um, franchising was the way to sp- spread geographically. You know, when your brick and mortar can only scale so fast, uh, that's how you would do it. You would franchise out, and then the franchise would pay a royalty back to the back to the master franchise, the the brand uh, of their sales, and they they're the local operator. But with e-commerce or with digital media, it's a little bit different, but it kind of has the same problem. So I don't know if there's a new word for it. Man, I think this is wildly fascinating. This is a, I didn't think it was that interesting at first, but now I know what you're talking about, where uh, I've heard so many stories of the same thing, but not maybe not of India, but I am the official uh, importer of X, Y, and Z. Yeah, we're the distributor uh, of X. Or like for you, just think about for your business, right? Like, what, could you have sold for more if you had like, 250,000, you know, or like 500,000 subscribers in Japan. And like, dude, I think there's a world where I would have been, where I could have made more money in those markets than I did in America. Because even though America has more people, um, I don't think the French or I don't think that the Germans, um, I don't think Facebook kicks as much ass over there as it does here with Instagram and everything. And right. I, so I think the ad markets, because I, I do think that Europe, sorry, Europeans, if you're listening, I do think that you guys are five or 10 years behind when it comes to some <laughs> technology stuff. Um, and the ad markets suck because of Facebook and Google. So like if you could still capture a little bit of that revenue, I think you could. Well, I, I don't know if any of that's true, but I, what I do know is that it's as, true. Trust me. As you're no, building, <laughs> well, I, I think like everybody uses Facebook everywhere. So I, that, that's the part I'm saying. I don't know. Um, well, but, sorry, but what I mean is like old media right. still does quite well abroad. Okay. That, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, the thing I'm just saying is like, if while you were building your U.S. business and all your employees are focused on your U.S. business, if somebody said, I love your product, I'd love to license the brand from you, or, or I'd love to be your partner in, in the U.K. or in Japan or in Australia, and I will build, I will use the same playbook. It'll be under your company. I just want my cut for building this for you because I'm yeah, taking your proof thing. You would have done it in a heartbeat, right? And so and the I fact have, that you well, didn't I'm, means there was an opportunity for some entrepreneur that should have been reaching out to you saying, this is a no-lose proposition. You still own it. You still make money off of it. It's still your name brand. I just get to go, I get to basically take your brand, take your head, take your product and localize it or distribute it here where I'm from and I know the market. Yeah. And my product's way easier than yours. It was because <laughs> right. it's pixels. It's not anything real. And I would have loved to have done that. And I used to have people emailing me all the time. And then we had a bunch of people in Russia, some people in Mexico who would just verbatim copy our shit and i would right. i would have to i'd find it and i'd be like you guys stop this do, right. you're not allowed to do this and then i'd have other people who would email me and be By like hey way, can i tra- could you stop anyone from doing that i feel like you can't do shit if somebody takes your newsletter and they just word for word transcribe it in russia and they're like 
we're called whatever hustle are you no there's nothing you could do the only thing that i was able to do the only thing i was able to do we had someone do this in uh, italian we had someone do it in russian and we had someone do it in mexico uh yeah mexico and i basically shamed them i said like i'm just gonna i'm just i'm just gonna call you out and so i would tweet at them or i would email them uh i i would just would make it well known and my network was large enough that someone of someone knew them and they were embarrassed and they yeah and they stopped doing it but no i couldn't do shit you can't do do shit yeah, and I had people email me all the time saying, "Hey, can I do this for uh, Spain?" And I would say, "Yeah, but I don't really know anything about you. I don't know if you've got good taste. I don't like. I don't. I know nothing about you." And I would just throw it off to the side and just right. kind of forget about it. I'm but I wish I would have. Done I'm surprised it. this doesn't happen more. I'm surprised there's not just like freemedia.com based in Cyprus that basically takes all the content from behind the paywall of Wall Street Journal and just says, "Cool, if if you ever hit a paywall, come here. Look, like input the input the URL you're trying to go to." Here's the article for free. I'm surprised somebody hasn't just tried to do that. Like, it's totally bootleg. It's piracy, right? But like, it, it is so hard to enforce that stuff. I can't believe yeah. that somebody internationally isn't doing that. That seems like the way to do it. Do you know what outline.com is? I know about it. And I know, I don't know what I could say publicly about it, but uh, yeah, I know. Explain it. I don't have any insider information. So maybe you do. I, I don't. I'm well, explain just what someone- it is. So outline.com, it's uh, the tagline is read and annotate without distractions. Frankly, I have no idea what that means. But <laughs> the way that I use it and the way that everyone else uses it is when you come across a paywall website, you put the URL into outline.com and you can see the whole article. Um, it just it doesn't work for everything. I don't think it works for New York Times, but uh, you yeah, can get I- you can get. Right. I think, I think a, bunch of, a bunch of sites they they kind of stopped working on, but initially it worked on everything. And uh, the person behind this is somebody we know that's like a well-known kind of tech person that works at one of the big companies and was like, they had to like distance themselves. It was getting like millions of hits. Like people were using this thing and they had to distance themselves from it because they were like, oh yeah, like I, I was kind of told I had to knock it off. He's like, I, I didn't make it for that purpose. It just, it works that way. But uh, yeah. Is it a Brazilian no site. Oh my god. Oh, okay. I uh, yeah yeah I see. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. How interesting. Outline.com. Right. What the heck? It's that <laughs> big. I just googled it, uh, or I just looked at similar web about how big it was. Outline.com. Crazy fascinating. Yeah. So so I think that one's cool. Um, all right, Abreu. How did we do on the? Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. Just a quick question. Does Outline.com make money? Uh, I don't. Think so. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Wow. This person is so interesting. All right. Uh, that's it. That's the episode. Uh, by the way, for the people listening, we actually just did like a Q&A before this. It was, Sean, I think it was too much talking. We got to do the Q&A on the second half because... Oh, yeah. I'm fucking the, exhausted right now. But like, I'm I feel like the so blood is exhausted. drained from my body right now. Dude, no, Dude, I'm, I'm tired from listening. I'm like, how the fuck is this going? I'm so dead. I can't. If we're going to do two hours again, we have to do the I tried heavy to keep, lifting in the front. I tried to keep the energy high, but like in my brain, and I also haven't eaten anything today. So I'm just like dying on all fronts right now. I'm hurting. I'm hurting. Yeah. No, uh, Q&A is going to be a separate episode, dude. So we are, we're getting two episodes out of this. Yeah, we got to. I can't do it next time. Yeah, we yeah, I thought we would be able to. But uh, yeah. this, was, this was painful. Maybe this is hard. And yeah, yeah, another way. for another one tomorrow. Yeah, I can do another one tomorrow. <laughs> I can do I can do one a day easy. 
Uh, I think. I think I can. Yeah, we'll have to try something else if we want to continue the Q&As. I like that one. I thought the Q&A was almost better than the actual episode. Maybe because you guys were yeah. tired, but the Q&A came out a lot better than I thought. I think people are going to like both of those. Yeah. No, the whole thing was good. So, good job, guys. I feel like I can rule the world. I know I can be what I want to. Uh, I put my all in it like no days off. On the road, let's travel, never looking back. Oh, yeah.